salut et bienvenue. Hello and welcome. Welcome to a brand new City Break series on the lovely city of Bordeaux. I'm Marion Jones. If you're new to City Breaks, perhaps you don't know that Bordeaux is going to be our 11th city. Do go onto the website and have a look for the others. That's www.citybreakspodcast.co.uk. There you'll find a lot more about what City Breaks actually is. I choose cities I love, ones with lots of historical and cultural interest, and produce a whole series of episodes which are a long, fairly slow, relaxed look at what they have to offer. The stories behind the places you'll be visiting, the people about whom it's good to know a little bit more, because they played an influential role in that city. All the research, in short, which you would do yourself, if only you had the time. You will find some big hitters there, London, Paris, Berlin. You'll find another French city, Toulouse. From the UK, there's Edinburgh and Bath, as well as London. And a range of other goodies, such as Seville, and Munich, and Florence, and St. Petersburg. But today the focus is quite somewhere else, and that is on the relaxed, elegant, southern French city of Bordeaux, whose very name, of course, means at the water's edge, whose name probably also means to many people worldwide, wine. A city well known to the Romans, famous centuries ago as a stopping point on the pilgrim's route to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. A city which much more recently became a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And a city where you really can peel back layers of history and find all sorts of things. Medieval architecture, for example, towers and whatnot, a Gothic cathedral, elegant stone mansions from the 17th and 18th centuries, brand new state-of-the-art buildings like the Cité du Vin. But let's start at the beginning. Where actually is it? Okay, so it's the capital of Nouvelle-Aquitaine, which I think is the largest region in France, in the southwest, long Atlantic coast border down one side, and finishing at the Spanish border in the Pyrenees. Largely rural, beautiful agricultural land, dotted with place names that you will have seen on wine bottles. Saint-Emilion, Médoc, Sautern. An area so beautiful that it's been praised to the skies by writers for centuries. Here, for example, from about the year 381, is one Ozon. In Bordeaux, he wrote, The sky is gentle, the earth well irrigated, spring is long, even winter is warmed by the sun, the rivers water the vines. And from a medieval chronicler, more lyricism. Writing, I think, round about the time of Eleanor of Aquitaine, so in the 12th century, and describing the area thus. Opulent Aquitaine, sweet as nectar thanks to its vineyards, dotted about with forests, overflowing with fruit of every kind and endowed with a superabundance of pastureland. So you get the picture. The city of Bordeaux then sits in a glorious rural setting. There are about a million people living there, and the city is built on the river Garonne, built, in fact, on a curve of the river, so shaped that it became known as the Port de la Lune, or the Moon Port and the city winds its way down the curve, the central part being the Place de la Bourse, set just back from the river, a former royal palace, a grand sweep of a building, used, I think, mainly for offices and admin purposes these days, a lovely square just in front of it, with a big central fountain, and opposite that, the miroir d'eau, the water mirror in English, a huge shallow area kept topped up with water by little fountains, 
and reflects the buildings opposite, particularly beautiful at night, when it's all lit up. And then just behind the Place de la Bourse, the rest of the old town, in which you will find medieval towers, for example the Grosse Cloche, which was part of the town wall from the 13th century, and one called the Porte Caillot, a 15th century building which once formed the main entrance to the city. There's a huge Gothic cathedral too, Saint-André, where important events from history have included the marriage of Eleanor of Aquitaine to her first husband, King Louis VII of France, and later the marriage of Louis XIII and Anne of Austria, parents of Louis XIV, of course. So a couple of reminders of the importance of Bordeaux in the history of what became France. Staying in the centre then, just north of Place de la Bourse, you'll find another huge open space, the Esplanade des Quinquences. Quite a transport hub these days, good place to catch a tram or a bus. Lovely to stroll about on, and the venue for things like fairs and circuses and public events. A little bit north of that again, following the river, you come to the Chartrand district. The site of all the trading that went on in the 17th and 18th centuries particularly, and fronted by elegant mansions built on the profits of same. If you carry on a bit further still, towards the north, you will come to the Cité du Vin, the huge new wine museum that is a focal point on a visit for lots of visitors. Also not far from the Cancans, a little to the west, the fancy area, the golden triangle of three big shopping streets, and the Grand Théâtre, the big theatre, or perhaps the Grand Theatre sounds better. That takes in most of the parts that you're probably going to want to see, but I would like to mention just two further districts, both centred on big churches, the Basilique Saint-Seurin, that's the one the pilgrims all used to stop at, and further south, the area around the Basilique Saint-Michel. There is some Bordeaux on the other side of the river. Perhaps the main thing you might want to visit over there is the Jardin Botanique, the botanical gardens. So, hopefully that allows you to orientate yourself a little bit. What about the history? Bordeaux is one of those places which is chock full of history, and I'll be coming back to quite a lot of it in particular episodes later on, but I thought it was a good idea to just give a grand sweep of the main people and the main events that mark the city's story and which you can find traces of today. The info you need, if you like, to just really understand what you're looking at. So, hold your horses, a quick tour would start perhaps with the Romans, who founded a town called Budiglia in about 60 BC. Quite a place. Think temples, Roman baths and aqueduct. All of that's gone, I'm afraid. But there is quite a lot left of their amphitheatre, which I believe had 20,000 seats in it. You can find that on a map quite near Saint-Seurin, and it's called the Palais Gallien. The other place to find the story of the Romans in Bordeaux is the Musée d'Aquitaine. There you will find loads of displays, lots of information telling the story of the Roman city and displaying all the things they found from it and explaining how with the Romans began quite a few of the things that were going to mark the city forevermore. Trading with the rest of the Roman Empire, for example, played a big part in making Bordeaux a centre of trade. It was the Romans who first planted vines here, so look what that began. Moving on a little bit then to the Middle Ages, and just to mention a couple of things relevant to visits to the city today. Christianity arrived, and you can visit on the site of one of the early churches, Saint-Seurin, the remains of a Christian necropolis where the Emperor Charlemagne, no less, had buried 
many of the knights who fought with him against the Basques and lost their lives. In the 12th century, a big new important phase. 1152 was the year that Eleanor of Aquitaine married for the second time to Henry, about to become Henry II of England, and with her, as part of her dowry, she brought all the lands which she ruled over in and around Bordeaux. So that was the start of nearly 300 years of English rule in the area, and a huge influence on the city's history. Lots of good things, for example, Henry, when he became king, decreed that wine exports to England would be tax-free. This meant the English bought lots of wine, the Bordeaux wine traders did a cracking business, growth and prosperity followed, everybody was happy. But it wasn't all good. The general hostilities, or at least some of them which took place, can be summarised as the Hundred Years' War between England and France, lasting bizarrely quite a bit longer than a hundred years, 1337 to 1453, at which point the area was annexed back to France, and the French king Charles V was so happy that he came down to Bordeaux and rode in triumph through the streets. He followed that up by building a couple of splendid chateaux, although unfortunately there isn't much of either of them left today. One was on what is now the Esplanade des Quinconces, but that was destroyed in the 19th century, leaving the vast open space that you can see today. And the other one, the Chateau du A, has also largely disappeared. I think there's one tower left. The 17th and 18th centuries were perhaps the golden age of the city, the wine trade, international trade, so wine going out of Bordeaux to many other countries, coffee and cocoa and sugar coming in. So yes, I'm afraid to say that Bordeaux played quite a big role in the slavery, the triangular trade as it was known, and the story of that is also very well told at the Musée d'Aquitaine. Bordeaux played its role in the French Revolution. There was a group called the Girondins. The Gironde is the name for the area just close to Bordeaux, so that's where a lot of them came from. They were pro-revolution to start with, campaigned for the end of the monarchy, but as the revolution was successful, various factions ensued, and the Girondins were actually much less radical than some of the others. Eventually, they suffered a terrible fate. They were purged, and lots of them were executed. That was the beginning of the period known as the Reign of Terror, which followed the French Revolution. And the biggest monument in the city is there on Plastique Incance to the Girondins. Much modernisation then, during the 19th century, the port was spruced up, the Place du Parlement was built, the railway came to Bordeaux, and that huge, beautiful station was built, the Gare Saint-Jean. And Bordeaux in the 20th century was heavily marked by the two world wars. Both times, in fact, Bordeaux became, at least for some of the time, the capital of France when the government moved out of Paris. But from 1941, it was occupied by the Germans. Clearly, Bordeaux was strategically very important. The Germans wanted to keep control of that harbour. And to that end, they built an underwater base, which you can still visit today, in an attempt to stop the Allies landing there. There are lots of fascinating stories about Bordeaux in the World War II period, such that, in fact, I'm going to give it an episode all to itself. Think of a city where those who are collaborating with the Germans are up against those resisting them, where spies are being sent over to by the British in the British Special Operations. The Germans are doing some counter-espionage. It's a place of plots and counterplots and executions and escapes all of which went on for four years until the city was freed on the 28th of August, 1944. 
The second half of the 20th century then saw a huge rebuilding and clean-up of the city under two people particularly, the first mayor after the war, Jacques Chabon-Delmas, who had been a resistance general, was only 31, I believe, when he was elected mayor of Bordeaux, and he began a huge redevelopment project. New bridges, a new hospital, extensions to the University of Bordeaux, that sort of thing. And then a different mayor, Alain Juppé, in the 1990s into the 2000s, a huge spruce up under him too. A new tramway, because he wanted the city to be much less congested by cars. A massive clean-up operation. So most of the buildings were a sooty black by this stage, but they were gradually cleaned up, almost all of them. If you go on a walking tour of the city, as I did, your guide may well stop and show you one or two places where you can still see a single building which hasn't been spruced up. And just imagine what the whole city would look like if it was still that colour. The riverside quays were redeveloped. The gorgeous miroir d'eau was put in place. I think that was in 2009. And more recently then, there have been other star building projects. For example, the Cité du Vin, which I believe was opened in 2016. So then, there's a summary of the really important things from history which have marked Bordeaux and which can all still be found in the city today. If you look at the coat of arms, you might be surprised to find how much of that they've managed to squeeze onto the way they've designed it. So there is, for example, a medieval tower, the Grosse Cloche, in fact. There is also the River Garonne, and there's a moon shape to represent the fact that it's been called the moon port because of the shape of the river. There is a golden lion representing the three centuries of English rule. There is the fleur de lis representing the city's return to French rule. There's a crown representing loyalty to the French king. The crown, in fact, disappeared during the French Revolution, as you can well imagine. But interestingly, at the beginning of the 20th century, discussions were held about what exactly they wanted the coat of arms to look like, and it was decided to restore it, because yes, that was part of the history of the city. And the way they see this is summed up in the Latin motto for the city, which is written on the coat of arms, and which reads like this. Lilia sola regunt lunam undas castra leonem, which means something like the lily, the fleur de lis, rules over all those other things, the moon, the waves, the castle and the lion. So I think what it's saying is all of those things combined to make Bordeaux what it is today, and they should all be remembered, but what's really most important is the fact that Bordeaux is a thriving and very proud modern French city which all the same rests on all that history. And it's an outward-looking city too. I read, for example, that in the 40 or so years after World War II, it took on not one, but actually ten twin ships or twinning arrangements with various cities. The very first one was with Bristol in the UK, both hugely important ports and trading cities, of course. And the second one was with Munich, so an important way of showing that Franco-German friendship would be revived after the Second World War. It was twinned too with Los Angeles, with Madrid, with Casablanca. And round about the turn of the millennium, this all started up again and they took on nine more twin cities, which include St. Petersburg, Riga, Wuhan and Ramallah. So Bordeaux then is both very French and quite international in outlook. And I'm just going to run through now roughly the content of the nine episodes which are to come. 
In the next one, I'm going to start with a tour of the old town, from the Plastic Incance through the part of the city where you can find the medieval remains and many of the grand buildings such as the cathedral, the Grand Théâtre and the Golden Triangle, then looping round past the Miroado to the Place de la Bourse, which is almost a full circle from where we started. That will give me a chance to tell the stories behind those various places. After that, episode three is going to be an episode in two halves, so starting with Roman Bordeaux, looking at the places where you can find it today and telling some stories from those times, followed by medieval Bordeaux, with some tales from the era of Eleanor of Aquitaine, for example, and a visit for a closer look at the towers built in those days to hear their stories and find out what they've left behind in the city today. Episode four, I'm going to focus on Bordeaux as a trading city, so the river and the museums which tell that story, they being the Musée du Vin et du Négoce, and the Museum of French Customs, called the Musée des Douanes, and something about the exhibition on slavery in the Musée d'Aquitaine. It'll also be a chance to visit the Chartrand area and look at some of the mansions built on the profits of all of that trade. Episode 5 will be the one on wartime Bordeaux, that being World War Two. Lots of stories of occupation and collaboration, resistance, spies, and a visit to several places, including the submarine base and the Musée Jean Moulin, which is, of course, focused on the resistance. Episode 6, the key episode, the one on wine, some facts and figures, a visit to some places in the city centre, such as the École du Vin, wine school, and the most amazing wine shop I think I've ever been to, floors and floors of millions, literally, of wine bottles, plus something on some of the wine tours you can do in the area, and, of course, a visit to the Cité du Vin, the big new museum all about wine and viticulture, and all things related. Episode 7, I'm going to call Art in Bordeaux, a visit to three different places, the Musée des Beaux-Arts, so the main city art museum, the Musée d'Art Contemporain, the modern art museum, and the Bassin des Lumières, a really quite unique take on seeing art down there in the Bassin, where of course it's dark and damp. They have created a space for an immersive art experience. You can stand there surrounded by these huge walls onto which are projected works of art, along with explanations and music and sound effects. And in that same episode, a little feature on Bordeaux's very own artist, one Rosa Bonheur, one of the country's best-known female artists who specialised in portraits of animals. You might have seen some of her pictures of dogs and horses, who was born in the Bordeaux area, some of whose works are in the Musée des Beaux-Arts, although in fact she spent most of her working life in Paris. Episode 8, another episode in two halves, which I'm going to call Food and Shopping. So under the food half, a look at the market and some of the specialities that you can buy in Bordeaux and something about the restaurants and the areas of the city where it's best to go a-hunting for somewhere to eat. And in the shopping half then, a tour of the Golden Triangle, a look down the Rue Saint-Catherine, which is, I think, the longest pedestrianised shopping street in the whole of Europe, a quick look at the 19th century shopping arcades, which are still to be found in the city, and a little tour of one or two of the bookshops, which I found absolutely amazing. The penultimate episode then, number nine, Day Out, to Saint-Emilion. It's an easy bus or train trip from Bordeaux. It's an idyllic little town, medieval towers, 
endless vineyards, lots to see and do. And finally then, episode 10, the anthology episode, which will be a mixture of goodies. I've read in various places about the three M's of Bordeaux, three men whose name started with M, all well-known authors, Montaigne, the 16th century essayist, Montesquieu, the 18th century philosopher, and François Mauriac, the 20th century novelist. So I'm planning a very short biography of each of them and an extract from something that they wrote, just to give the flavour. And then I'll be taking a wider look at other writings linked to Bordeaux, some factual ones and some novels, some of them based on facts. There is one about Eleanor of Aquitaine, for example, and some of them just stories set in the city, with references to places that you might get to know. Fun to read if you're visiting or have been. And that, I think, will be it. I perhaps ought to mention too that things are changing a little bit here at City Breaks. You've been used, if you've been following along, to episodes coming out once a fortnight, but for this year they're going to come out just once a month, hopefully on the first Wednesday of every month. The reason being I'm going to take a pause because I'm going to very much update and elaborate the website that accompanies the podcasts. If you listen to the Berlin series, you will know that there was a blog post to go with every episode, so lots of the information contained in the podcast, plus pictures, and lots of links to everything, all the places mentioned, books that I read to research the episode. All useful stuff, I hope, if you've listened to the podcast, and actually useful too for people who perhaps don't have time for that, but would like to access the information in a quicker format. There were nine other cities before Berlin, which did not get such marvellous treatment, and I'm intending to use this year to put that right. So the Bordeaux episodes will come out monthly, and in between there will be lots of updated blog posts appearing on all the other cities. I hope very much that you'll keep an eye on the Bordeaux blog posts as they appear, but also perhaps that you'll go back and have a look at some of the others. That then is the plan. For the moment though, I'd just like to sign off from this episode, in French as well as in English, just to thank you very much for listening. Merci bien. To hope that you'll be joining me next time then. À la prochaine fois, and to say goodbye. Au revoir. <laughs>